Joey. Great job, my man. Thanks, folks, for tuning in to That's What G Said Podcast. This is a Tuesday, May the 14th. Hopefully everyone had a very nice weekend. It was Mother's Day weekend. Everybody get to go spend the, the weekend with the with their mothers or some sort of the family. Went and saw my grandma on my, my dad's mother. We had breakfast uh, with her in the morning and then came back to my house and we went to dinner with my mom. Northwoods Inn, Clearman's It's one of our family favorite restaurants Our buddy Jesus takes good care of us there Over in uh, Well I guess it's San Gabriel It's right there on that border of like San Gabriel Arcadia, just less than a mile away From Santa Anita Racetrack, so if you've never been To to Northwoods Inn The cheese bread Amazing, incredible They put the, the cheese butter That they use for the bread Right in the baked potato, a little cheese butter in your baked potato. Had some crab legs also. Excellent. Muy excelente. Hope everyone had a very nice Mother's Day. This will be a a quick, it's a little quick hitter pod. Because we have a big week coming up. I will record a full podcast going over the Preakness Saturday card. Exactly like we did for the Kentucky Derby. So, We'll go over all the races leading up to the Preakness and then the Preakness. I'm trying to figure out if I'm I'm probably going to do an additional podcast where I go over, I think, maybe half of the Friday card. I'm not going to get into the full Friday card like I did for the Oaks on the, um, on this on the Friday at Pimlico, but I'll probably still do the back half of the card and all the stakes races, and then I think we'll do Game of Thrones on the end of that. So probably... Um, Podcast coming out the next two days Expect lots of That's what G said this week Wanted to First start out like we always do With on this day May the 14th Just a couple quick hitters Birthdays on May the 14th George Lucas born in 1944 On May the 14th The creator of Star Wars and Indiana Jones A man who has Given us what hundreds of hours of entertainment? Happy birthday to George Lucas. Mark Zuckerberg, born in 1984 on this day, the CEO of Facebook. Let's go back to 1804 on this day. The Lewis and Clark expedition began. It was the first American expedition to cross the western part of the United States. It was a selected group of U.S. Army volunteers, 31 members left from Missouri. It was two years, four months, and ten days of a journey. Only one of them died. They followed the Missouri River um, through some very famous cities. Kansas City, Missouri, Omaha, Nebraska. They were in North Dakota and Portland, Oregon. Coming out west. Lewis and Clark Expedition back in 1804. 1967. Perhaps the best Yankee of all time. Right? If we're talking like most well-known people. Jeter is the one that you think of now, but... As far as legendary, it's got to be Mickey Mantle, right? 1967, Mickey Mantle hit career home run number 500 on this day. Mickey Mantle had over 2,400 career hits, 536 career home runs, and was a 298 lifetime batting was a 298 lifetime hitter. And honestly, he would have been over a 300 hitter if it weren't for the last couple years that really dragged the batting average down. Three-time MVP, 20-time All-Star. You say 20-time All-Star. Yeah, this was during the era when they played multiple All-Star games. So they would play two All-Star games in a year. So for four or five years in a row, 
Mantle made multiple All-Star games, both of them throughout the year. He was a triple crown winner in 1956. He batted 353 with 52 home runs and 130 RBIs. Seven-time World Series champ. And we remember 1961 when he hit 317 with 54 home runs and 128 RBIs. And he was second in the MVP voting because that was the year that Roger Maris broke the home run record and hit 61 home runs and 141 RBIs. And that was the so many movies and stories made about that year. And, you know, you see Maris, who really wasn't a big fan favorite, having to deal with Mickey Mantle, who was the big fan favorite. And the fans really wanted Mantle to break that record. And M- Mickey had a, some injuries that kind of took him out of the race, really, and was able to let, uh, to give Maris the opportunity to break that record and kind of win that the home run battle between the two of them. But the fans did not love Maris like they did the Mick. Mickey Mantle, one of the all-time greats, and one, uh, yeah, that that old. If you're Yankee fans out there, let me know how do you how do you rank the all-time great Yankees? 1998, Seinfeld, the two-part episode, the finale, airs on NBC to 76.3 million viewers. The commercials, the advertising, two million dollars for a 30-second advertising spot there. For uh, 1998, the finale of Seinfeld. On this day, if you ever know there's a date coming up where something cool happened, something very interesting in history, maybe something in your local town, your local city, sports related, maybe it was a game you went to where you saw somebody pitch a perfect game or a no-hitter or hit three home runs, let me know. And if I end up doing a show on the day, I'll end up putting that in the On This Day notes. We'll share it. We'll let, we know, I'll let everybody know who, uh, who was able to give us that information. We're going to start a little segment right now called Let's Get Social. I had asked some of the folks out there just to respond with some things you wanted to hear this week. I appreciate it, and I will, and I am listening. So Mary Robertson out there on Twitter, I think that was Larry. We wanted to hear about the Preakness and NHL this week. So you will get some Preakness, Larry. And, you know, I will have to bring on some guests to talk NHL because I won't. Any subjects where I'm not, and I hate the word expert, but any subjects that I'm not really familiar with, I don't watch a lot or I I don't feel comfortable myself talking about it, I'm going to start to bring in guests now. Uh, it's just been kind of crazy with the Triple Crown races and everything happening. It's been very busy, but once in, in the next week or two, I've actually been doing some practice uh, recordings and, and working on the um, – on. Uh, I just want to make sure I have – I'm ready, I'm set, and then once we start bringing people on, one thing I don't want to have is technical difficulty. So I've been uh, a little trial and error because I've never been one that's done a behind-the-scenes type. So for me, recording the podcast, doing all this stuff on my own has been brand new, figuring it out, learning. I've had some help. I want to give a shout-out to my good buddy, Jason Beam, who was helping me out the other day with some uh, some tips. Jason Beam over at the the barn, the Bet America Radio Network. Make sure to go download that podcast, subscribe, and we'll have Jason on the talk sometime soon. If you're a horse racing fan, that is great. You get every day, uh, five days a week, podcast, horse racing, all sorts of different interviews, anything news, really great stuff. And Jason's over calling the races at Monmouth right now. He's filling in for a little while. So best of luck over there to Mr. Beamy. Let's go th- continue going through. Let's get social. The sports judge on Twitter we wanted to talk about the Pirates. They were playing some good ball. Uh, they had a good weekend where they beat uh, the Cardinals in three. They won three consecutive games against the Cardinals. And Josh Bell has been very, very impressive early on in the season. Shout out to the sports judge who turned me on to Brockmeyer, which is a great show that I've uh, become very interested in. Rattled through the first two seasons of that quickly. 
the life neurotic. I know you. I know you, Stephanie. Wanted to talk a little Superstore. Okay, we'll, we'll watch some Superstore later. Shane Covey, a good topic from Shane, uh, was talking about best sports moments. I think that might have to be like a standalone podcast, right? We can go through individual best sports moments. What are some of the biggest moments in, in each individual sports or just in general? We can have a lot of back and forth with all of you out there on Twitter as I'm going through some of your tweets right now. Bangkok, Buck, USC Trojan fan. Want to talk Lakers and have they painted themselves into a corner with LeBron. So we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, Bangkok, Buck. K Schlag out on Twitter wants a Preakness try. You'll get a full Preakness try. You'll get all the Preakness information on uh, a podcast probably Thursday. Either Wednesday or Thursday. One of the next two days. Ben Galvan. Sick of all the disqualification talk, right, Ben? We were talking a lot about the DQ all throughout the uh, the last few weeks. Who was against it, who was for it, why this, that, different videos, you name it. It did get a little bit exhausting, I will uh, I will agree. Bernie Schrems was asking about Matt Carruthers, my good friend over from TVG. He says, Gino, does Matt Carruthers uh, spend more time than anyone in hair and makeup? And uh, I, I wanted to respond to that. It's natural. And what I like to call it, it's it's natural, right? It's it's natural, Matt. That's just that's just a good looking Matt Carruthers. That's why his hair is so incredible because it's natural, Matt natural, natural. <laughs> Tell Maddie I said hello, Buddy Peters, all uh, Ron Grover, Emil Marcos, and we got Charlie Z, Ron Ron Vibert. They're all talking. Horse racing, so we'll want to talk Preakness card Saturday. Nice to hear from all of you. Chris Petit, where will Kawhi end up? Very good question. We'll get to some basketball in just a second. Now after he made that big shot against Toronto, does Kawhi end up staying? Can anything keep Kawhi in Toronto? Or is he destined to go to the Clippers or somewhere else? The Clippers is where we hear he's got a new house, not San Diego. Grew up in Southern California. Davina Fernholtz. Game of Thrones and NBA draft predictions. I'm watching right now. The NBA draft lottery is literally um, about to go any second in the next few minutes. So if, if they we find out the order of the draft lottery while I'm I'm on here, uh, I'll I'll mention it. And then Game of Thrones. Yeah, we'll we'll hit Game of Thrones tomorrow. Most likely, I think we'll do a a, a Game of Thrones and a and like a Pimlico Friday podcast. We'll put those two together. But absolutely, Game of Thrones podcast tomorrow. Going over everything. And then predicting what will happen in the series finale. Just one more episode of Game of Thrones left. Edgar Litsky wants to talk a little Preakness. Joe Hinson wants to talk about that Kawhi game winner. And Joe, don't you think I forget that you are always... Every time I post pictures for like my Mother's Day or something for a family, always talks about my mom is hot. And I don't... I forgot that, Joe. Joe? But that Kawhi game winner was... The, I'm sure everyone out there has seen that game winner that Kawhi Leonard hit when playing against the 76ers over the weekend. And it bounced, and it bounced, and it bounced, and it bounced, and it went in. And it was just a brutal way to lose and, a, and an incredible way to win. And with, with that kind of an emotional victory, does that have, does that do anything for Kawhi? You know, he's always been known as like the robot type where he's very stoic, not emotional, something like that matter. Over on Instagram, uh, we were talking to uh, to Tremendous G back and forth. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If 
you ever want to get involved in the conversation, I'm going to start to do my best to post questions out there. We'll have some polls. We'll have some topics. I did run a couple polls now, uh, right as we get into our NBA discussion, start to talk about the Lakers. And before we get into the Laker discussion, let's let's let you know what the poll results were that I posted on Twitter. Just was asking predictions for the series and and thoughts about uh, about Game of Thrones. So we'll continue that in the Let's Get Social. So it's who wins the Bucks Raptors series was the first poll posted. And 60% say the Bucks in six or seven. 19% Bucks in four or five. Raptors in four or five was only 5%. Raptors in six or seven, 16%. So about 21% for the on the Raptors winning and uh, the other 79 to the Bucks. And then in the Warriors Blazers, we had only 1% of people think that the Blazers will win this in four or five games. 19% think the Blazers in six or seven. It's actually a little more than I thought. 20% are saying the Blazers could win this series, whereas the uh, the other 80 is going on the Warriors. 43% Warriors in six or seven. 37% Warriors in four or five. The Lakers. Well, we find out now that the Lakers have hired Frank Vogel as their head coach. I don't mind the Frank Vogel hire. Before we get into who Frank Vogel is, though, let's talk about what's been happening recently with the Lakers. What happened with Ty Lue? Now, why did the Ty Lue deal fall through? There were a few things out there. The Lakers only offered him a three-year deal, not a five-year deal. He wanted the five. He said he felt like the Lakers were only thinking of him as a coach-to-coach LeBron and not LeBron and beyond. Also, there were rumblings about the Lakers forcing Ty Lue um, to put assistants that they chose on his staff, like Jason Kidd, who is on the Frank Vogel staff now. Also rumors that Ty Lue did not get along with Kyrie Irving and that the Lakers thought that Kyrie Irving may come to LA, so they did not want to have Ty Lue here because that would mean that Kyrie Irving would not come. Okay, all, all things that are out there. The Big issue that I have as a Laker fan now, and and I'm I'm breathing a sigh of relief in that. Okay, now we have a coach. Okay, now we can can move forward. Let's fill in the staff and move forward. But why is? And I think they've announced that there's going to be a press conference on Monday. Why has nobody talked publicly since Magic left? Magic left. Luke got fired. We haven't heard from Rob Palinka. We haven't heard from Jeannie Buss. The Ram. Anyone. The Rambuses who now seem to have a lot of power. The problem isn't Vogel. I think he's a fine head coach. And, and honestly, he's not a sexy name head coach, right? But I haven't really heard anyone say anything bad about him. It's just, yeah, he's just a guy. Very good defensive coach. Not a whole lot of offensive schemes so far. But all of the players seem to really like him. Paul George and David West love him. Some great quotes from how in, um, instrumental he was for them in, in their careers. It just... it. What this is what Brian Kamenetsky really uh, docked into the Lakers. He writes for the Athletic. He's on seven ten ESPN radio a lot of the time, filling in there. He said the problem isn't Vogel; it's the process that brought him and the Lakers together. And that's that's why I agree with because he wasn't among those initial three interviews where it was Monty Williams, Ty Lue, and Juwan Howard. If Vogel would have been in that initial group. As Laker fans, we probably would have all felt better about the hiring. Or if the Lakers just initially just say, hey, yeah, Frank Vogel's our guy. We're going to hire him. We're going to bring him in. I don't like the fact that Jason Kidd's tied to this, but here, 
the more I'm thinking about this, the more I'm becoming okay with it because here's a few things. One, LeBron has to obviously be okay with this, right? I don't think the Lakers are are making a move unless LeBron at least signs on um, and is okay with this. I, I don't think that we're going to see the version of Jason Kidd that everyone's talking about, right? Jason Kidd is hearing what everyone's saying. He's sneaky. He's slimy. He's going to try to undermine the coaching staff. He's going to try to have a run a coup and become the coach. Can he really come in and do Can he afford to come in and do that right away with how bad his reputation has been? He's not exactly getting lots of opportunities out there. And I think that's a lot of the reason why he's brought in as an assistant coach and not brought in as the head coach. But LeBron likes him. The players like him. He's a very respected player, but he has a lot of baggage. Domestic abuse, driving under the influence. He himself has, you know, in college and while a player, gotten his coaches fired. And then when on the staff, tried to get people above him repeatedly fired over and over and absorb more and try to gain more and more power. And then not to mention the teams that he has left have been better after he leaves. So I, he's not a great He's not a proven great coach And he has baggage But If LeBron likes him And from all All reports are LeBron likes him LeBron played with him LeBron respects him And LeBron has gravitated toward Players that he Like Ty Lue is a former player um, He had, They said he had a great relationship with John Howard in Miami Who was a former player So I think he is uh, I was listening on the, the 710 radio And, and George Sedano was saying simpler Saying something similar to this Is that he is able to relate to the players a little bit more So if Jason Kidd is able to do Positive Not undermine Vogel Not Not turn this team into Against each other And have even more drama Then this is fine I want them Lakers to go out and get a nice assistant coach That has um, Some good offensive scheme and And right there you know, with Vogel, with Kidd, with another good offensive coach, it's not a bad coaching staff. If if that's going to be your your staff towards the top, and if Kidd's job is there to, you know, m- make the players feel comfortable, maybe mentor Lonzo in particular, a player who many have said he is a a very very similar type, right, Lonzo? Who is Frank Vogel? Well, he twice led Indy to the Eastern Conference Finals, and both the times they lost to LeBron, five times. Led a team to a top 10 defense That's what I want That's what you want 45 years old So he's not old, he's not young I mean he's not, in coaching terms He's actually pretty young but He's not like a, a fresh coach But at one time He actually was the youngest coach in the NBA And LeBron Won't be as negative And he's not going to be negative publicly For two reasons One, LeBron just lost a year Right? He's not getting younger. This isn't 25-year-old LeBron where he can maybe um or do what Anthony Davis just did last year, basically sit out a year because you're trying to to push your way out of the Lakers. One. And two, if he's negative at all right now while he's on the Lakers, it's not gonna get it's not gonna play well for free agents that they're trying to sign. It will not play well for Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard. Kyrie Irving, whoever LeBron's trying to recruit, if he talks about how uh, I don't want Frank Vogel here, I don't want Jason Kidd here, that's not going to look good. So I, I think LeBron's going to be on board right now. I think LeBron's going to be very respectful, and I think he's going to 
in particular coming off the year last year, I think I'm expecting just a massive year from LeBron. I really am. I think in Orlando, you toss the, the, the years there for Vogel. It was a misassembled, kind of mismatched roster. Talked about how when Nate McMillan was hired to be the head coach in Indy, Vogel lost some of his staff. He wasn't able to implement some of his staff. So you don't have your staff and you have a roster that's not not great. Right now in Los Angeles, maybe he's not able to put all of his staff in place that he wanted also before and he was successful with, but he has a, a pretty solid roster and you're starting with LeBron. So I think this is going to be the best roster that he's ever had the opportunity to coach. He chose to coach over being a TV analyst, which is what I like. It's a nice job covering the games on TV as an analyst, play-by-play, whatever you are. You get to be in the studio. You get paid very well. You don't have to travel around nearly as much. No grind day-to-day. Not the bad publicity. But he obviously wants to really be a coach because he chose to continue to coach. He was actually offered an assistant coaching job this year with Houston, but he turned it down. He was the 2004 recipient of the Rudy Tomjanovich Award, which recognizes head coaches for excellence in cooperation with the media and with fans. I like that as a fan. I like to know that he's he's very cooperative. And I like to know that he is going to be someone that has good relationships with the media and will do a good job of portraying a message to me as a fan. He's coached teams that have led the NBA in defensive rating twice. And he's been a big, big factor in Paul George, who, you know, is now when he's at the best at the top of his game, he's a top ten NBA player. This this year, when Paul George was playing as well as he was, he was in the conversation for MVP and was one of the five best players in on the planet. That's who Frank Vogel is, willing to give him a shot as a Laker fan. Now, okay, Lakers, let's go out there and let's get one of these other free agents and some shooters to fill in around them. You put them together with the kids or you know, if they want to move forward, maybe you package one or two of the kids and this lottery pick that you're going to get and you get another veteran in. So now you got LeBron, you have whatever free agent hopefully comes and then another veteran to come in, maybe a veteran big man, something like that. We'll see. But it seems like things are really bad in Lakerland, right? Because the front office has not been doing a very good job. And I don't trust the front office 100% right now. But I do trust LeBron and I do like these young guys. I think this is a good enough roster to where one more piece now and all the other stuff doesn't really matter. Predictions for the NBA conference finals. Well, first off, we saw Toronto beat Philly in game seven on that Kawhi shot. And what about Kawhi, right? Clippers, Lakers, does he stay in Toronto? Was a question that was asked. Does the big shot matter? Kawhi took 39 shots to score 41 points, but he was not scared of the moment. All playoffs long, he has looked like... It's been him and Duran, I thought, as the best players. And, and you know, Jokic was, was excellent also. But when you look at Kawhi's numbers, he's averaged 32, just under 32 points in 12 games in the playoffs. He's been awesome. He really has. And he's looking healthy, and he's looking like... Like the best version of Kawhi. You know what happens with the Philadelphia 76ers after losing this, right? Because you you think about it. Sometimes nowadays when when teams lose and they don't win the title, it's so many, so often it's blow it up, 
well, we couldn't win, we gotta start over I mean, you lose by two to a very good team in Game 7 When Kawhi Leonard, one of the better players in the league Has an excellent series Joel Embiid's still a little bit banged up He wasn't in tip-top shape That's the difference between winning and losing But what do they do? They don't. Do they have enough money to keep everybody? I don't think so Butler, Tobias, JJ Redick Who's going, who's staying? I'd love to see Jimmy Butler in a Laker uniform If you could get Jimmy Butler And then another big Jimmy Butler, a big A shooter, I'm not talking about Max big And Max shooter, I'm talking about A Brooke Lopez type, you know And then another shooter, a Seth Curry Type, not Steph Seth, Toronto Now gonna go play Milwaukee So we'll get the the Giannis versus Kawhi We'll get the two best teams in the East All year playing against each other And they were two of the three Probably best teams in the league all throughout the year My prediction in this is 4-3 Milwaukee But you will get Giannis versus Kawhi And Giannis Just under or Giannis averaging 27 a game And he was dominant in the series against Boston After losing game one He took it upon himself You could see that he had to raise his game to another level And he did that Middleton has been excellent He has been shooting lights out from three One of the better, the better three point shooting uh, players In the playoffs so far And shooting it at a high clip Will we continue to get that improvement from Siakam Can he continue to take the next step forward What will we, what will we get from Lowry Because I think when you look at this series You have to You you. Probably think that Kawhi and Giannis will cancel each other out, right? So who who of the other role players or second or third best players will step up and have big series? Milwaukee, four three against Toronto. Then we get over to Portland. They won game seven against Denver. Denver lost the last two games of this series after being up with the chance to get to the Western Conference Finals And when you know You look at Denver And they were awesome This year I gotta, I gotta give it up to Denver Because every They started the season Really hot And every time I looked at the team I thought they were gonna fall apart I didn't think they were good Not great I thought they were good They were young That they were just still um, Pieces and, and years away But Jokic has just opened a lot of people's eyes I've always been a fan of Jokic But he's taken the next step And I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do this In the playoffs Against you know teams focusing in on him For seven consecutive games And his numbers are absurd He was another one who You know you look at Durant You look at Kawhi They stepped their game up and raised their game another level Giannis did the same And Jokic was right there We, we see games from McCollum And Lillard is, is generally pretty consistent but I, I, this was, um, I think, a, a moment for Jokic to put himself on the map as a new star in this league. If, if anyone out there had not known, he is just an, an incredible. What makes him so fun to watch is that he's so unathletic, right? He's just like huffing it down the court. He's not fast, but he's so smart, and he's just. He he just is no, like no wasted movement, little up and under, little euro. He has the little floater. He's an incredible passer. If you don't step out on him, he'll hit the three. Uh, just very impressive. Nikola Jokic, the Lillard now in making the conference finals. He's been to as many conference finals as CP3. 
How about that game from seven from CJ McCollum? 37 points. And you ask, okay, 37 points from McCollum. How many threes did he have? One. Only shot three. 17 two-point field goals made. And only two free throws. He was awesome from the mid-range. He was lighting them up from mid-range. The the issue with Denver now, right? They're young, but did they miss a big window this year? Because they look at the way that, that the playoffs set up for them. They were the two seed. They were on the opposite side of the bracket as probably the two better the two other best teams you'd say in the Western Conference, right? I would say Golden State and Houston. Even if Portland wins, you probably say a healthy Golden State and a healthy and a Houston team were the two best teams throughout the, the year. So Denver was on the opposite side of the bracket from those two teams. They played a mediocre Spurs team. Oklahoma City was banged up. They didn't have to play them. They play a banged up Portland team that doesn't have your, uh, Nurkic. Durant's out, Boogie's out for Golden State. And you know you're only going to have to play one of Houston or Golden State because they play each other in the second round. LeBron also had an injury. There were a lot of things that went Denver's way this year in the West to give them a legitimate shot to get to the Western Conference Finals and maybe even make an NBA Final. And you wonder with a team like this that everyone's going to say, oh, next year they'll take the next step. Will they? I don't know. This might have been a big opportunity for them that they could not capitalize on. So now... uh, Getting over to the the Warriors who defeated the Rockets And the Warriors beat the Rockets even without Kevin Durant Now the Rockets with Harden They've lost elimination games to the Spurs without Kawhi When Kawhi was hurt And to Golden State without Durant when Durant was hurt They have still been the closest to this Golden State team over the last few years But now you were up 15 in Game 6 and Game 7 last year against them, Houston And you lost to the Warriors You're up seven in in the fourth quarter in game six against them this year without Durant, and you lose to them. Same thing for the Warriors. Now, what do you do? Do you make changes? Because now you're going to have Chris Paul on a huge contract coming up over the next few years. Clint Capella doesn't look great in the playoffs, right? When things slow down, he's almost unplayable late when the Rockets have to go really small. There's a lot of money tied up for the Rockets uh, in, in some of them. Dwayne Wade tweeted out, y'all better stop disrespecting Steph Curry just because he is a team first guy and is willing to sacrifice in moments doesn't mean he's still not a beast. Over the last three years, including the playoffs, the Warriors have a plus, they're plus 82 in 2,965 minutes when Durant is on the floor and Curry's off. So the Warriors with Durant, no Curry, plus 82 in 2,900 minutes. With Curry on, Durant off in 2,292 minutes. So, not a massive difference in sample size. And a large sample size. They're plus 579 with Curry on, Durant off. This team has more fun. They play a little more loose, right? They seem to like each other a little bit more when Durant's not out there. Now, does that mean they're a better team without Durant? Does that mean you don't want Durant? No. But people forget that this was... An incredible NBA championship team before Kevin Durant ever came here. And they still have the best four players from that nucleus healthy right now with Stephen Clay and Draymond and Iguodala. So you have some of the storylines in the Golden State versus Portland series. You have Steph Curry and Clay, the backcourt versus Lillard and McCollum. 
And I think that's why this will go six. I'm going to predict Golden State 4-2 in the series because I'm, you know, there's going to be a game or two where McCollum and, and Lillard get hot or even just one of the two get really hot and they're able to carry them like we, we've seen with this Portland team all throughout the playoffs. The two of them are averaging right now. Both, they're each, they're averaging over 25 points a piece. CJ McCollum is averaging 25-6 and Dame is averaging 28-4 in the 12 games they've played in the playoffs. So when you know you're going to get 53 points right off the bat, that's not a bad starting point. Need a little from Rodney Hood. Need a little from Cantor, a little from Collins and some of the other bench pieces, a little bit from Turner. You'll also get the Seth Curry versus Steph Curry storyline. The Curry brothers playing against each other at this Golden State-Portland matchup. Cousins is trying to come back. We know Durant is also trying to come back. He's out at least a game. They said the first two most likely. I believe he's getting an MRI on Thursday and maybe more after that. Probably depends on what the series is like, right? If Portland doesn't win any games, I don't know if Durant's coming back. I think every time Golden State wins another game, it probably buys Durant another another game or two. Prediction, Golden State, 4-2. Little quick hitters in baseball. Edwin Jackson was traded to the Blue Jays. This is the 14th team that Edwin Jackson has now been on. I'm sure most of you know Edwin Jackson because he's played for one of your teams before. The Dodgers, the Rays, the Tigers, the D-backs, the White Sox, the Cardinals, the Nationals, the Cubs, the Braves, the Marlins, the Padres, the Orioles, and the A's. The Red Sox. Have won five in a row now in eight of ten quickly and quietly up to twenty-two and nineteen after that brutal start for the Red Sox. Boston is now only three games out of it. Red Sox fans, you have to be happy because in baseball and any sport, right? Even when you know you have a good team and you know they're struggling and you know it's going to change, when you're watching a game and it's bad and everything seems to go wrong, it feels like it's never going to change. It felt like that early on when I was watching a lot of the. Red Sox games, everything seemed to go wrong for them. Remember, everything went right for them last year. The Red Sox are going to be really tough again. They've got a good squad. And it's good for Boston fans because now the Celtics are out. They got crushed. And the Bruins are looking good, right? They're up 2-0. I think they've won five straight playoff games. Boston fans. The Twinkies, the Minnesota Twins, they've lost three of four, but they're still 25 and 15. Still have a four game lead on the Indians. It's because of the pitching staff, right? Their pitching staff, their team ERA is fourth in the American League, and they're only behind Tampa, Cleveland, and Houston, who everybody expected to be awesome pitching staffs. Barrios, six and two with a three five with a three point oh five ERA and a one point oh eight WHIP. How about Jake Odorizzi, who's five and two with a two thirty two ERA, a .94 WHIP, and a one sixty nine batting average against. They're getting big contributions from Martin Perez, who's five and one, just over a three ERA and a one two five WHIP. And Gibson hasn't been bad either with a four uh, four one ERA and a one point one nine WHIP. That team ERA. Of 3.74. Very good for the Twins. The Astros, they're now up six and a half games in the American League West. They're 27 and 15. They are 9 and 1 in their last 10. They've won six in a row, and they look like the team that I picked to make the World Series and represent the American League. They're playing in a division that's not strong. The Angels are starting to make a little bit of noise um, and play okay baseball right now. They're trending in the right direction. It's just going to be really tough for anyone to make any sort of noise with, with the Astros. The Phillies, 
They're now up three plus games in the NL East. The Nationals are really struggling. That's one of the predictions that if I could take it back now, I would. Because they're they're banged up and they're just not as deep of a team as I had expected. One or two of the, the injuries have really hurt them. They've missed time from Trey Turner, Ryan Zimmerman, Soto, Rendon, and their pitching staff has just not been really able to carry them the way I, I thought it would. I didn't expect them to lose more than three or four games in a row because their pitching is so good. They're eight games back right now, the Nationals. The Cubbies, though, playing very, very good ball. This is one team that I was dead wrong on so far. It's obviously still very early in the season, but just completely wrong, completely wrong on the Cubbies. And... They're 24 and 14. They're 8 and 2 in their last 10. They have a plus 54 run differential. And they're if they're able to get contributions from Baez, who's hitting 323 with 11 home runs and 29 RBIs, and he's become like a perennial MVP type. Rizzo, 10 home runs and 29 RBIs. Bryant, who's who's struggling even, but he's at 26 RBIs and he's hitting 400. Hayward, 258 and and six home runs. 18 RBIs. My dad, we're watching the draft lottery. My dad keeps running in to let me know the Lakers just keep moving up right now. The Lakers have moved all the way up to six. They still have a chance. Uh, let's see where they are. So they're they're at six. Boston's 14. Miami's 13. The Lakers are up to five. They've got a shot to get the number one. They bumped Phoenix. They got a shot to get the number one pick. Appreciate the the play by play from from my pops right now coming in. Wow. The Lakers are up to the four, so we'll get right back to the baseball. But we had to break in for uh, for some NBA draft lottery. You can hear the excitement in two Gino Nicola Bacolas here as the Lakers continue to move up. They are all the way up now into the top five, and they have a huge opportunity to make some noise with a big, big pick here. Um, so let's get back to the Cubs. Baez, Rizzo, Bryant, Hayward is a key. They're getting contributions from Hayward. Wilson Contreras, he's hitting 304 and 10 home runs. And remember, Hayward in, in a big contract is someone that hasn't given them a whole lot. The pitching staff, though, I expected the pitching staff to be, you know, a little bit weaker. And Lester, the 1.16 ERA and a 1.1 whip. Hamels with a 3.8 with a 3 ERA and the 1.07 whip. Quintana's been good. Kyle Hendricks was bad at the beginning of the year, but Kyle Hendricks now down to 3.19 ERA and a 1.28 whip. The Cubs look like one of the best teams in baseball. I don't I still don't think they'll be around come playoff time. But this team is much better than I thought they would be this year. They're and they're playing in a tough division. You know that division is good. Even a team like Pittsburgh, who beat St. Louis three times in a row over the weekend, with Josh Bell hitting 324, 10 home runs, 35 RBIs, 26 year old stud. Lots can happen in that NL Central. And then the Dodgers playing some good ball right now. Bellinger back up to above 400 in 407. Kiki's down to 226. He's struggling though. And you know they're playing good ball with Kiki. Struggling, Seager still hasn't gotten going yet, but Justin Turner sure has. He's up to 299 with six home runs. Muncy's hitting the ball well with 28 RBIs. And the man who's starting to become a household name now is Hunjin Ryu, 
who pitched eight innings with one hit and one walk, and he just walked his first batter at home in 65 straight innings. He went 65 innings over the last two years with at home, including the playoffs, without allowing a walk. His last 17 starts, 1.78 ERA, 107 strikeouts, and eight walks. Ryu is a legitimate Cy Young candidate, and the only reason why we don't know more about him is because of his health. He was good right when he came to the Dodgers in in uh, 2013. He started 30 games and he went 14 and eight with a three ERA. He went 14 and seven in 2014 with a three three ERA. Then he got hurt and he didn't pitch all of 2015. He only pitched one game in 2016. He comes back in 2017, solid. Has to move, but but you could tell he still was having some issues. And then once he got healthy last year. In the 15 games he pitched a 197 ERA and this year even lower than that with the 172. Unjin Ryu has been awesome. Unfortunately, if you heard there was some uh, br- uh bad news, breaking news for the Dodgers and I it, I'm not going to comment too much on it yet, but it's involving Julio Urias and a domestic battery issue cuz it's still so early on there's just speculation. He said she said I I want to hear more information about it, but no matter what um, anytime something like this happens You have to Take Julio out of the equation He can't be playing baseball for the Dodgers Until the investigation gone, goes on Because this is not about baseball This is much more important than baseball And if he did anything wrong Then uh, I I don't think Julio will be playing for the Dodgers And I think the Dodgers have been pretty good about um, About not going after players with, with this kind of history So still a lot to be said I don't want to jump I don't want to Say something that happened or something that didn't happen So once more comes out with the Julio Urias situation We'll react to that And remember folks This week, a big, big week Preakness Friday races, we'll have a a pod with that We'll also be talking some Game of Thrones Make sure to get to iTunes I need a 5 star rating and review from you folks Let me know what what you like to hear on there We'll continue to talk about it And send me your tweets That's what G said Joey What's going on?